0: What's going on, Love Quest Nation? Thank you for tuning in to the Love Quest Podcast. Get your Bibles ready, get your notebook, get your coffee, get some water, whatever you need to do, and get ready to receive. The time is right now. Let's go! When you've seen the Father, you've seen me. That is the place of sonship that Jesus is trying to get us into. That's the place of, of, of family that Jesus is trying to bring us to. And I will tell you, you will never reach the fullness of what God is asking of you and us if we're not willing to step into places of boldness that, that just shatters our understanding and our thinking biblically. The goal is not to find something new or different or something that tingles our sensations. The goal is to fully walk in what God has said in his word. That's the goal. These Wednesdays, we're talking about super juice, the fruit of the Spirit, and, and I on and my heart, part of my charge, on my heart today to talk about it from a different take. We talked about before self control. Amen? Everyone remember that self control? Did you enjoy that part? No, are you still enjoying it? Because we should still be practicing it, right? Self control. And a lot of times, again, we think of self-control as something from. Give me self-control from doing this. To truly have self-control means, I'm, I'm gonna show you self-control. You ready? I'm going to lift my left hand. You know what that's called? That's self-control. I told you without my mind, because you can't get inside my head. I told you, I'm gonna lift my left hand. Watch my left hand rise. I am controlling myself. Self-control has much to do with what you do affirmatively as it does what you uh, withhold from. See, you, only, you, you, only, you, ever bought, you ever bought two pairs of shoes and you're at the counter and you say, how much are these shoes? $500, sir. Great, thank you, thank you, thank you. Can you please take the left one and leave it for somebody else? I'm only going to take the one with me. Why would you only take half of the set? You're losing the full effectiveness of the shoes when you only take half of the set. Unless you only have one foot. Or you're going to mix them up. There's ways you can do that. Likewise, self-control, without understanding that part of self-control is what you affirmatively do with it, you'll miss the power of what it does for you to constrain you from doing certain things. To see, If you really want to get control of yourself in times where you want to, avoid doing something, then you have to get control of yourself and doing positive things with it consistently. It will become trained. It will become uh, under the power and the influence of what you've told it to do. So I want to take this view from the standpoint of of our words. Pastor Terrence was talking about what we speak and how we talk and, and, and how that impacts us. So from this topic of Super Juice, I want to talk about uh, confession and what we talk about in our, in our, with our mouths. Amen. Yes, we do need to refrain from negative talk, but we also need to make sure that we are declaring and confessing the word of God that God wants us to Amen. confess and declare. Now I, now, I will say to you, but this, this is one of those practical top, all the food of the Spirit is practical. But this is a particularly practical topic that can make the difference between what you're seeing and what you're expecting. Between what you're wanting and what you're getting. Between your frustrations and your celebrations. This topic can make the difference. So I want to dive into it very quickly and talk about confession. How important is confession in the Word of God? It is so important that it, it's, it's, you see it all over the Scriptures. Who's considered the father of our faith? Begins with the letter A. Abraham. That was not his name, even though that was his name. Father. Okay? The word Abraham means father of many nations. It was, it's really a sentence, right? It's really a sentence. The, the, the anglicized version of it creates one word which suggests it's like a tag, but it's a sentence. So imagine you walked around, we're walking down the street, um, and I see the person we know is Abraham. This is what I would say. Father of many nations, how's it going? Hey, Father of many nations, he's 79. Hey, Father of many nations, how's it going? Father of many nations, who's going to win a championship? Father of many nations, how's things at home? Father of many nations, what about that child God promised you? Any word on it yet, Father of many nations? Every time they said his name, they were declaring his destiny. He was declaring who he was in Christ. They were confessing the word over and over and over and over again. And that's why understanding what your name means is critical. Because people are saying it and it's causing it forth what's in your life. It's all over the book. What's my name? I'm stop, 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 stop. Um, it was in the book before. <laughs> It was off the book. Amen? So so it's all in the scriptures. That's why the naming of things is so important. For God has talking with Adam, he says, name the animals, right? Because what you called it was going to have impact for destinies, for generations to come. So what you confess, what you declare, what you proclaim is essential to what it is God does in our lives. Amen? So I want to begin to show you the emphasis on this is uh, in John chapter. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God himself. In the beginning was the Word. Whenever you do, wherever you go, if the Word is not in the beginning, you have not really begun. now, Now, if you really understand this, this Word was indicates this is an interview. After the game. This is not the game. What you mean, Elder John? This is like, okay, everything's created, and God in the, in the interview room with all the reporters. Question? Hey, uh, so I see you won the game. What was it like in the beginning? Well, in the beginning of the game, we just won was the Word. It's a commentary on how he began Because he sees the victory now of what he started. He's speaking from a point of retrospection, which means I'm speaking from the point of the victory having been won. So if you ever want to be on the victory side of victory, you have to be able to give this interview there. In the beginning of my victory was the word. The only way the word is in the beginning of your victory is if you start your battle with the word. So what you're declaring, what you're confessing about the Word and with the Word of God is going to determine your victory and your space in that interview. And I will tell you this, the win only begins when you begin with the Word. You can turn circles and do stuff, and it's like a game, they say, hey, first quarter you had trouble. Second quarter, something happened. What happened? That's when I began with the Word. The first quarter, I was just trying stuff. But when I began with the Word at the beginning of the second quarter, things changed. Everything changed. Right? So in the beginning was the Word. You got to begin with the Word. You got to begin declaring the Word of God. And you've noticed this. The word, by, the word in and of itself speaks. How do you know a Word was a Word? Andrew, I want you to get a Word right now in your head? Do I know what his word is? Andrew, speak the word you just got in your head. Jump. Right? How do I know what the word is now? Yeah. So part of whenever you're talking about I'm standing on the word, what you're saying is I am speaking that which I'm standing on. Because unless I'm speaking it, I am truly really not giving myself to it. So you can't be on the word in your head. You got to be on the word through your mouth. So in the beginning was my declaration of the word, not my just reading and going. Does that make sense? Okay. And so from that standpoint, and from that standpoint, um, the words in the beginning, how important is the word out of your mouth? Revelations 1:19 says this. It says, in his right hand, he's talking about Jesus. Everyone say Jesus. Jesus. In his right hand, he held seven stars from his mouth. There came forth a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full power at midday. It says from his mouth. Let's go back to the from his mouth part. Is that 119. Okay, maybe I had the wrong, wrong, wrong citation there. Uh, but it says this in Revelation chapter 1. In his right hand he held seven stars, mouth, and from his mouth there came forth a sharp two-edged sword. From his mouth came a two-edged sword. From his mouth came a two-edged sword. How do you know that, is, that a two-edged sword was coming out of his mouth? How do you know? Presuming the two-edged sword is taking the place of his tongue talking about Jesus and this vision of Revelation. You know Revelation is? not a revelation. It's a revelation of Jesus. I'll leave it at that. So how do you know his tongue looks like a two-edged sword? He's using it to speak the word. So even in the revelation of the two-edged sword that is his tongue, it comes with speaking and declaring it. This two-edged sword is flowing from his mouth. How much more should it be for ours? I want to go to Romans 10 now. And to show you how vital this is, and it gets to that idea of salvation. Romans 10, verse 9. It says this. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth, that's my King James, we don't have that one. But what verse verse, I'm gonna go to verse 8. Go to verse 8. Romans 10, verse 8. Go to verse 8. But what does it say? The word God's message in Christ is near you, on your lips and in your heart. That is the word, the message, the basis, because an object of faith which we preach. Keep going. Because if you acknowledge and confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and in your heart believe, adhere to, trust in, and rely on the truth that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Stop. That's exactly what happened. Okay, but there's more. said, but wait, there's more. Why am I, wait, there's more. Why am I pausing? Why am I pausing? I'm pausing for the cause. Why am I pausing? Why am I pausing, Effie? You the teacher. Why am I pausing? Good, she's going to the scripture that I just left. That's good. She's a teacher. What's the reference point? What did he last say? Why am I pausing? I'm pausing with a cause. Huh? I'm pausing with a cause. When I teach in school, I say whenever I touch the board, that means it's important. Take a note. It may be on the test. (laughs) Saved. Now, we just talked about what saved meant. So when you see the word saved, you got to check your spirit to say, what is it saying? I have been rescued from sin. No, you will be made whole. Now, that is essential. Because the next verse says this for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I, I really, want, I really want, 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 want to really acknowledge, say this here. Verse 10 says this for with the heart a person believes, adheres to, trusts in, and relies on Christ. And so it's justified, declared righteous, acceptable to God. And with the mouth he confesses, declares openly and speaks out freely his faith and confirms his salvation. So I want to go back to that one more time. We know verse 10. Now, what we just talked about in verse 9 is a truth that we know because it changed our lives. Now what the Word is saying is, but the reason that works is because it's based on a principle of faith. And the principle of faith, I'm going to tell you right now, why is that important? If this principle of faith is what got you out of hell and got you into heaven, if this principle of faith has got you from broken, busted, and disgusted to whole, saved and delivered and free, then this principle is really important. If this is the principle that's the basis of the most significant thing in generations and eternity, how much more is this principle with the essential for our living for everything else? For with the heart a person believes, and so is justified. Next verse. Acceptable to God, and with the mouth he confesses. And confirms his salvation his wholeness the principle is this as you believe in your heart and then you declare with your lips that's what helps to produce the wholeness in your life it is a principle and why is it so important to understand that saved doesn't mean rescued because if you think saved means rescued you think to yourself I've done that I have believed on, in my heart, and I have confessed with my mouth, Jesus saved me, I am now rescued. There's nothing else for me to confess. But when you understand that confession, that salvation is wholeness, you understand that being born again is just the beginning. The process of wholeness now has to unfold, and the principle still holds true. Whatever you believe about your wholeness and declare with your lips, that is what will be produced as wholeness in your life. Confession is absolutely necessary for salvation. Absolutely necessary. Uh, it, it is so necessary that Jesus says this, and says this, don't go there right now, says this in Hebrews, but you ought to have a profession of faith confession is so important that it ought to be your profession. That's your your job. job, To be a walking, talking, declarer of the Word of God. Now I know some people say, well man, that sounds like I can just say whatever I want. Where have I said you can say whatever you want? Where have I said that? That's in your head and that's on you. What was, the first, what was the first scripture I, I, I put up? Which said what? And what did I say? You got to begin with the word as you haven't begun. So when you're beginning with the word, what I'm saying is you're confessing what the word says. And if you are declaring what God's word says, then you will be straight and true in all that God is asking you to do. That's why the, this house talks about what it really means to, to, for the call of God to be answered on your life. That's why we say, what is, God call, what is God's will for your life? What's my will, God? Banker, ball player, stockbroker. How about peace is the will of God for your life? Confess that. How about wholeness is the will of God for that life? Confess that. How about salvation and completeness? How about freedom and joy? That's the, how about the fruit of the Spirit? Love, peace, patience, joy, kindness confess that. The confession we're talking about is confession of the word of God and what God has said and what God has done. So don't don't introduce your own error from your own bias or from your own hurt or your own baggage or your own frustration and not seeing results of what you thought was right. Mark 11 says this, Truly I tell you, whoever says that this mountain will be lifted up and thrown into the sea, verse 23, and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes that what he says uh, will take place, it will be done for him. That's Jesus' words. So what's Jesus saying? Believes that what he says. Did he say believes that the mountain will be moved, it will be done for him? Is that what he says? What does the scripture say? Believes that what he says, not the mountain moving, but whatever he says, it's going to be done. Jesus is invoking that very same principle that was declared in Romans. He's telling you, believe with your heart and declare with your mouth, and indeed, you will see that transformation God is wanting. You will see it without any question. That's why the scripture says this. Of uh, Delight yourself in me, and I will give you the desires of your heart. What that means is when you delight yourself in me, I will place my desires in your heart. With my desires in your heart, Andrew, confess away. Because now my heart is motivating your tongue. My heart is motivating every image of wholeness on the inside of you. And because you're my son and you're made in my image, I can trust my heart in you to bring about the very image that I have and birthed you with. That's the confession we're talking about. That's the basis of it. That's why I'll say this. Worship always precedes confession. Because you can't confess something about a God you don't know. God, you're my healer. Jehovah uh, Rapha, you're my healer. Jehovah Rapha, I worship you. I worship you. You're my healer. You're my healer. You're my healer. I ain't worshiping for you. It don't matter what I sound like for you. I ain't worshiping for you. Jehovah Rapha, you're my healer, you're my healer, you're my healer, you're my healer, you're my healer. If you're my healer, that means you're my healer of a cold, you're healer of cancer, you're healer of sickness, you're healer of mental disease. Why? Because you're my healer. Worship always begins and proceeds confession. Because worship brings revelation of identity that allows you to confide properly. Jesus, you're my healer. Therefore, I can say by your stripes, I am healed. I am healed. Man, how do you know you're healed? Because he's my healer. You see, the confession is connected to the identity of the God that you serve. Now, if your God is Cadillac, then go ahead and confess all the Cadillacs you want. But if your God is provider, then your heart is about confessing enough for you to help others, not just enough for you to spoil on yourself. That I worship always precedes confession. Then it goes on and says this for this reason, verse 24, I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that you grant it to you, and you will get it. Understand, Jesus just used the principle we just read in Romans 10 and the verse before of belief and declaring to tell you, I'm going to ignite your prayer life now using that principle of belief and confession. That's why our prayers matter. That's why our prayers work because Jesus has believed in his heart, declared with his mouth, what? Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe and it'll be granted unto you. The very fact I can stand in faith before God and believe and know that my prayers are answered comes from Jesus having believed and confessed that truth with his own mouth. That is the power of belief that's the power of confession and declaring the word of God. I talked about how our confession ought to be so significant that it ought to be our profession. People ought to say, man, what is your, is your Andrew, is it your job to speak the word of God? That's all you do, bro. That's all you do. Speak the word of God. Is that your job? Is that your profession? Okay, I work out. Working out is his profession. Do you see the difference? I played basketball. Basketball was Michael Jordan's profession. I've been bowling. Dick Weber, I said that for all the people over 50. Dick Weber was a professional bowler. What is the principle? Where are you going with this, man? Because I'm not, this is not making me feel good right now. I sound like an old man on a rant. Help me understand. What I'm telling you is the difference between saying something once and you being a professional at it. A professional not only applies themselves on the day of challenge, it can be game day or the workout, but the professional is on that task all day, every day, all the time. They're operating their food around that thing. They're operating their rest around that thing. They're operating their thoughts, their joys, their relationships around that thing. They're operating their community around that thing. They're operating the first thing in the morning and the last thing at night. If declaring the word of God is designed to be our profession, as Hebrew says, it should be a profession of faith, then we ought to be orienting ourselves around letting the word of God only come out of our mouths. When we are letting the word of God only come out of our mouths, then we are professing our faith, not just talking about it every now and then. That is the difference of what he's talking about here. This is the part he's talking about when he says, believe with your heart and don't doubt believe that every word matters. But now right now, what's coming up? Some of this. Well, if I do all that, man, I won't be having no fun at all. So what you're saying in your mind is, there is fun that brings death. I prefer that over a word that brings life. You're saying it in your mind. I'm not saying it's the fun that brings death. That's what you're saying. Because if you're saying to yourself, confessing the word or declaring the word like that will, will take away fun from my life, What you're saying is there's something about releasing the life of God over me consistently that is no fun. And whatever else I want to do that doesn't release that life, that is what's fun to me and that's what I want to do. That's the challenge you got to make. All the time, Kobe Bryant, after the game, he goes, gets ice and shoots free throws. Rookies go out and party and, and whatever else they do. You just got to decide what kind of professional you want to be in speaking and declaring the, the Word of God. Confessing the Word is essential to what we do. You got to make up your mind. Am I going to commit myself to that, declaring the Word over and over and over and over again? Over and over and over again. Now, I want to talk about a few images very quickly. Um that can help anchor this picture on the inside of you. God, for okay. Sometimes you say, well, Lord, I've been confessing the word of God for a long time. A long, long time. And God, I still don't see change. How many of you said that? Okay. Well, that's an indication of you didn't begin the right way. You don't confess to see change. You confess because Jesus has already changed it for you. You're declaring what has been done. You're not declaring something to see it happen. Pastor Terrence talked about it last week. He said, listen, before you've even prayed, God has already given you the answer. The reason I begin my confession is because of what Jesus has already done, not to believe you something. So sometimes the problem with the confession is not the confession. It's the belief you have before you started it. It's the worshiping you had before you started your confession and began to stand on it. Sometimes the preparation for the confession, that was the issue more so than what you were saying. And sometimes God will say this, you are doing everything well. My heart is pleased. You are acknowledging me. But I'm going to, in this moment, extend the time of release for what you would expect as manifestation. And the reason is this, that time under tension develops endurance. Time under tension develops strength time. And if I can keep you confessing that word under tension longer time, your faith muscles get stronger. And as your faith cup muscles get stronger, when the tension is released and you see that manifestation, the next big thing you go after, you're stronger than you were before. And now you can handle it in one move rather than in four moves. God is about building our faith. And that's why when we focus on who he is, it doesn't matter how long it takes because he don't change. And if he don't change, I ain't changing. You got to spend time under tension if you want to strengthen your faith life. You got to spend time under tension declaring the word of God where you want to sp- strengthen your, your faith life. Uh, can I have you two guys come up here? I want one, I want one to stand here. Andrew, you stand here. I want you to stand right here. Okay? Face outward that way. Here is declaring the word of God. Here is declaring something other than the word of God. You hear what I just said? I didn't even say it was bad. Either it's the word or it's not. Jesus gave his life for you to be healed, not for you to be better. Better is a journey to whole. <laughs> you don't pull into the pits to the rest stop and say, oh, start my vacation. No, the rest stop is to refuel you on your way to getting your destination. Something that's not the word of God. And here is nothing. You will have whatever you say. The Bible says it. If you're saying something other than the word, what you going to get? Something other than the word. And that's probably dangerous. Why? Because you're saying stuff, but you're not getting what the word of God says you should have, which means what? You're getting stuff, but it don't line up. i are confused. This is saying nothing. What happens when you say nothing? You get nothing. This is probably the worst position of all. Because at least if you're saying something that's not the Word of God, there's some belief in your heart that God has something. I may be saying it wrong. I may be believing it partially incorrectly. But I'm starting. I'm doing something. There's there's a hope that sometime God has something. It's easy to turn this into that. Because you started. Nothing is worse. Because nothing gets you nothing. Nothing has no belief behind it at all. If anything, nothing has the, the belief of nothing is. What's the point? Nothing ever will happen. This is the worst part of all. Nothing. This is declaring and confessing the word of God consistently. How many of you all put in your password onto your your, your device when you're tired? Does it work when you're tired? What about when you're happy? Does the password work when you're happy? What about when you're hungry? Does it, t- does it work when you're hungry? What about when you're thirsty? Does it work when you're thirsty? What about when your screen is cracked? Does it work when your screen is cracked? Why? Because why? the password is not based on feelings. Put it in and it works. Because you determined it before you began that it was the word you were going to stand on when you needed access. Declaring the word when you feel like it, when you don't, that's what it means to be a professional. That's professing the word of God. Now, the great thing about every time he professes the word of God, he does three times the work. Did you see that? Either way, you're doing three times the work. When he declares the word of God, he is not professing something, but he's the word of God, and he's also not saying anything, therefore, he's turbocharging what he's saying. Part of losing weight is not just what you eat, right? Is that the fact when you're eating right, you're not eating the bad. That's how you get the double effect. So when you're declaring the word of God in truth, you are turbocharging your freedom, you're turbocharging your salvation, your wholeness, because you are not only not saying something that's not the word, you're not spending time saying nothing. You're producing three times the effort for every time you declare it, it rings out three times the effort. So keep going, it'll get there. Have a seat. I got one more picture to share with you. And this is probably the most important of all. It comes from my greatest, my TV show. I like. It's called Forged in Fire. It's about making knives, making knives. You want to watch Forged in Fire in here? The Lord is upon your life. I can declare it now. I got a word of the Lord for you. Go ye, sister, be blessed. It's about making knives. You take all kind of metal and you put it together and you put it in the fire. And the metal has to be of a certain temperature for it to hold together so you can pound it out into a shape. Okay? That's the fire. Once you pound it into a shape, okay, you put it back in the fire again to take it up to a certain temperature. Again, to do what's called a quench. Quench. A quench is what you take. You take the heated shape and you put it in oil. Okay? And that hardens the blade so it can endure contact, stand up to toughness. Then you take the knife out of the quench and then you put it on the grinder. Because now that it's hard, you can shape in it, and you can polish it, and you can decorate it. You can make it something worthy of kings, worthy of queens, and worthy of conquerors. You can put on a certain finish on it such that they can see it coming, and by the glint on the blade, they can know our days are numbered because we know who wields those blades. The key to building. The first part is you got to get the fire hot enough. That's the belief. Your belief has to be of a certain temperature for it to produce. And sometimes you got to take your faith and put it in there. It's the the word of God and put it in there to get it hot enough first before you start confessing. That's the place of worship. God, I worship you. I glorify you. God, I praise you. I honor you. You're increasing your temperature. Man, I'm getting around faith. Give me some faith, man. Give me some faith. Give me some faith. Woman of God, I'm feeling terrible. Give me some faith temperature. But when you pull it out, now your confession is the hammer that pounds. Boom, 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 boom. What are you doing? With my confession, I'm stretching it out. With my confession, I'm putting the right shape on it. With my confession, I'm making it a dagger. I'm making it a sword. With my confession, now that my confession has shaped it, because I I made it to the right temperature to declare it, now I'm putting it back in the fire again to finish it. Now the fire now is what hardens it. And then you take it out of that fire the second time, and then that's where the oil gets released. The revelation gets released. The anointing of God gets released. And that's then after that's when the polishing comes. Now, there's other things to talk about after that. The purpose in my time is to talk about that Confession. And sometimes the issue is not that you're not saying the right things, but it's your heart the right temperature to believe what you're saying. Then the purpose of your confession is to get you to see it, and then once you see it, then it get you to declare what you see. Jesus says this, and I'll close. Peter, who do people say I am? They gave him an the answer. Then he said, Peter, who do you say I am? And then God revealed the Christ the son of the living God. Now that you know, now that you see, now you're able to declare out of that a truth that's different than when you just started talking about it. That wasn't the first time they called him Master, Teacher, Lord. But after that revelation came something different. You gotta let your build to the point where God can do wondrous things. So then when you speak, because your faith is the right temperature, things change, things break, things get transformed, and just keep pounding that iron, keep pounding, you're making a blade, keep pounding, you're going to produce something that's glorious, something that's amazing, keep pounding on it with the word of God, not trying to get it to be done, but because you know it already is done, keep pounding on it until you bring it to wholeness, but even after you finish that, it's still fire coming. But after the fire comes more anointing. Don't get weary in well-doing because you'll reap if you faint not. What's the well-doing? Declaring the word of God that God speaks over your life. Straightforward. But some of the hardest work you ever do. You know the hardest part for me confessing the word is looking in the mirror. Knowing Where I've been, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're loved in the image and likeness of God. Jesus, you love me. And Father, you love me just as much as you love Jesus. To be a professional, you're not afraid of the fight. You're not afraid of everything in you saying, Look away, that's not you. Don't you know who you are? You don't understand I'm a professional. I stand about when it gets hard. I stand when I don't feel like it. I stand even when people believe, and I may believe something else about me, even what I'm saying. You start declaring you're a champion before you ever see yourself as one. And that changes who you are on the inside. Do the work. And you know, and come here. Now I want you to sit down. Pastor Dylan, come here. And this is what the work of community is as I close. Okay? I'm looking in the mirror. The word of God. The Lord says, I can. But man, I done messed up so much. I don't think I can. What community does is put your arm, hand on on your shoulder. i do it this way. You declare, man, that you can't. But the word of God says you can Say you can't. But community does this. I got you, brother. Father, I thank you that he can. When you can't confess for yourself, you begin to confess for somebody else. That's why your confession is important. It ain't just about you. It's about all those other folks that are going to need to rely on you. And the more I say, God, he can. God, he can. God, he can. God, he can. Like the example with Troy. He can't see God, but he feels my touch. He knows my love. He hears my words. And he begins to believe, God, I, maybe I can. Because of the community of people confessing the word of God around you. you. Lift your hands as we pray. Father, we thank you for this time. You can stand if you like. Father, we thank you for what you're doing. Keep playing. No, quiet. Sometimes we open our mouths before our hearts are ready because that's the response of hiding behind what we have to face. Easy to repeat what someone's saying because we don't have to spend that time in that moment in that space of the Lord beginning to minister to our own hearts and souls. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're ministering to people all over this room. And you're touching hearts, and you were transforming lives. Like that fire and that example I gave. You're heating people's passions up for Jesus. You're heating revelation up of who Christ is and what the Word says about them. A fire that cleanses impurities, a fire that challenges uh, impure visions about who people are. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're doing the work to stir our belief, to fire up trusting you and our knowledge of who you are and who Jesus is and who our father is you're doing the work holy spirit even right now you're purifying cleansing sanctifying setting fire to our souls in ways that allows the life of god and the confession of the word of god to come forward with power with revelation with peace and with rest Holy Spirit, you're transforming our belief in Christ in such a way that we're not declaring the word out of anxiety or pursuit. We're declaring it out of truth and revelation and declaring it out of rest because there's a certainty that's been birthed in us from belief. You're transforming our tongue by first transforming our hearts out of the abundance of our hearts, the fire of the belief in our heart and our soul shall spring forth confession with our tongue without even being asked it'll just flow. Fire our hearts, Holy Spirit. Fire our souls, Holy Spirit. Let them reach a producing level. Thank you for training us for our championship run. Training us how to how to talk how to confess and declare your truth in Jesus name now you know the greatest testimony you can give me and give our pastor is to go put this to work you get the word of God and you sit down and you look into it you say, this word is me. And I'm going to begin to declare it because it's me. I'm going to declare it till the revelation comes. And I'm going to declare it even more out of the revelation that's come. And I'm going to declare it until not only I see it, that I can stand in the gap and declare it for someone else who desperately, desperately needs it. Champions are one, not in the gym where they're practicing. They're only there four or five hours a day. Champions are really won in a time outside of the Sunday. Be a professional. Make Papa God proud. Make Pastor Papa proud. Make yourself proud. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Ooh. Listen, thank you so much for joining us for this week's podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe on all of your favorite streaming platforms and follow us on social media. You can find us on IG and Facebook at LoveQuestINTLChurch. We out here. But you know what it is. You know the motto. We out of time, but we ain't out of Jesus. So till next time, get your love, fixed, man.